Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. You're such an idiot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. We're super glad you joined us. I'm Andre. And I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're glad you joined us today. <laughs> we're going to just, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff that, you know, goes on in our lives. And uh, again, we're going to keep doing this every week. And as we broaden our channels, we get to get people that are dissenters. Yeah. Love for everything holy. Tell us why. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like half the reason I do it is for the haters. And we've got a couple of them now that we've talked some smack about Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, so if that's what it takes, then, I mean, Machine Gun Kelly sucks. Like, he dude, still sucks. He's, a, he's just human garbage. Uh, <laughs> and not even, like, you know, quality human garbage. Like, this is the, you know, rusted out muffler <laughs> off of a 79, I don't know, Chevy Nova. Uh it's it's no good. Nobody wants it except for Olivia Wilde, tweens. I guess. Yeah, and and, and tweens. tweens. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, we're not really here to do it for the haters. Uh, we're here to do it for all of you lovely people. Um, but we are going to introduce a new segment as we again as we not because of the haters, but we're just you know. I mean, testing some things out, as you've probably noticed, we're doing more and more clips, trying to provide you some short form content as well. Uh, so in the kind of spirit of that, we're going to try this new segment called Quick Hits. And let's. All right. That's probably about enough time for me to stick a music intro <laughs> in there later. Uh... <laughs> so. First off, in pop culture, Eternals. I went to go see it in IMAX. I booked the tickets in IMAX accidentally. I was disappointed in the first place because I knew it was going to be loud. Just so loud. And it wasn't that bad in terms of the loudness. But the real reason I was disappointed is because normally that theater, all the other ones, all the other theaters at that movie, Cineplex, I guess is what they call it, um, have the seats that recline and they're big and they're comfortable and the IMAX seats are like, nah, you're paying 20 some odd dollars a ticket and you don't get to be comfortable. At least not that comfortable. They're not like uncomfortable seats, but when you go in, you know, expecting like, honestly though, probably a good thing that I wasn't in the recliner because I would have fallen asleep about 10 minutes into that movie. <laughs> I was waiting to ask you, was the movie at least good? No, it was terrible. Uh, like, Visually, there were moments that were neat, but I mean, like I, I called it five minutes into it. I was like, oh, no, there you go. That's who did it, <laughs> you know, um, and it just I, I mean, it was another one of those films where I feel like they probably had another. I mean, it was like two and a half hours long. But they probably had another hour and a half of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor 
because they couldn't, you know, you can't make a four hour movie. Like nobody's actually, I mean, unless it's Bollywood, you gotta have a lot of yeah. dance scenes, which yeah. to be fair, there was a Bollywood dance scene in this film. So for all, I mean, they could have done an intermission. Like we could have been probably fine with that. But I, I mean, did I really want to see another hour and a half of that movie? Probably not. Like I just don't, right. I did not feel like it made sense a lot of jumping around i'm trying not i mean like i'm really i'm trying to be yeah you know, i mean like we were talking about earlier like yeah i mean if you if i don't want to just be like the movie sucks why did it suck chris because it sucks like you know i want to i'm trying to i'm trying to be honest but i'm also trying to provide it as like a not that the director or kevin feige is gonna Watch this and be like, oh, that's really good points, Chris. But, I guess I should make my movies better. But you're part of the demographic. So to, not to cut you off, but Everything Awesome, which is a YouTube channel I follow, and they do a lot of uh, great reviews about superhero movies. Um, he actually said if he gave his honest opinion of, of that movie, and he said it's not going to be what people are expecting. So, And maybe I'll share that link with you. Yeah. But it was, pretty, it was pretty insightful. It's like it's kind of one of those – it could be considered an artsy movie, but, um, and that's like, I get that. Honestly, I, I, I you, you get that sense watching it, that it's, right. you know, it's designed to be more of a, like an, an artistic film, but I don't, don't know. Like your you don't want that in your superhero movie. That, right? it, well, and that's not even necessarily true. I just don't think it was done well. Like oh, even their okay. attempts to do that. I just think like, it's one thing when you want to say like, oh, I want to make it look really pretty. Yeah, okay. Like honestly, shouldn't every director's goal be that their film looks really good? Um, but ultimately, the story is what's going to kind of tie everything together more so. And and I think it just comes back to, you know, like character motivation. You know, uh, we've talked about this a lot. There's a lot of things that Marvel like for this and just superhero movies in general. They're changing to, for the sake of changing them. And it's probably when you introduce a, a team like the Eternals, not everybody knows them. Yeah. I know um, nothing about the Eternals going into this. Like, I mean, I think we talked on a previous podcast episode about uh, this is not a quick hit. This is supposed to be much quicker well, than this, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just like I went into it with not even not high expectations, but I was hopeful, you know, like I'd heard all of the bad, you know, Rotten Tomatoes and all the bad reviews. I didn't read any of them, but I heard all of the bad press that it had gotten. And I was just like, you know, it's probably I mean, like Shang-Chi got some bad press and I really enjoyed that one. So okay. I was like, okay, well maybe like this will be like that. And again, like there were moments that were kind of cool, but it just it, it fell incredibly flat. Like I I we I walked out and I was like to Christy, huh. I was like, what did you think? And she was like, that was a waste of time. And I'm like, okay, good. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to be the negative one right off the bat. But yeah, that movie sucked. It just <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. That's your summary. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know. Like it, it sucked. That's where. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that was pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> so if I see one more eat like article that says get rid of Chrome, I think I might just lose my mind. <laughs> it's. I mean, and what's funny is that I get it in my Google News feed all the time. Yeah, every third article is like. 
millions of users should abandon Chrome right now. For what? See, (laughs) I think Google knows that, like, users will ultimately, you know, resist and rebel and be like, don't tell me to get rid of Chrome. I'm (laughs) going to keep it just because there's all these articles out here telling me to get rid of it. Yeah, my device, my choice, right? They they haven't proven a good, good enough case to make that true for me. And most mainstream and some up and coming sites, they're optimized for Chrome. So and, and until uh, Safari becomes a better browser in that aspect, and if Microsoft Edge stops trying to turn <laughs> the Chromium um, code base into Internet Explorer, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm just going to stick with, and I, I just, like, I had a bad experience with Firefox, like, eight years ago. Like, yeah, I'm all hard pass. So. Yeah, I was a Firefox user for a long time. Uh, I was a Mo- generally a Mozilla fan, Thunderbird. Um, and I ran into the issue where it was taking up a huge amount of my processing power just to run right. Firefox versus what other programs like Chrome would take right. up. And at the time, I was doing things like heavy Excel processing, you know, uh, even video editing and sound editing. And so I couldn't have my <laughs> my internet browser taking up half of my CPU power or, you know, my active memory. And so, um, yeah, that was when I think I switched to Chrome. And I do think it's one of those things where it seems like Google in a lot of ways gets a pass uh, as opposed to like Facebook and some of these other companies where when it comes to data privacy and how they're using it because Google's the one who kind of pioneered a lot of that and was like oh come use our search browser and we'll show you targeted ads based on that and then obviously expanded from there um but i think google also hasn't had like massive you know issues with data privacy in terms of like you know people getting access to it hacks and data breaches and those sorts and so that's probably part of the reason but um I, i don't know at this point the main reason I'm sticking with Chrome is because it makes it super easy for me to move from one device to the, to another. And I have three devices that I'm actively using on right. a daily basis, minimum. Um, and so it's like, it, and I can log into any device <laughs> in my, in Chrome right. and, and have all of my logins all of my bookmarks everything is saved you know the moment that i sync the browser like right so it's 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 too easy and too convenient not to be usable and like you said there's just there's nothing else out there that's really competition at this point yeah so so next so you sent me a video this week. It might have been yesterday. Uh, it was like top 10 influencers exposed for living fake lives. And it made me happy in a sense that I'm like, yeah, you know, like I think we should be calling out this stuff. Uh, but it also kind of made me sad in the sense that these people will probably still have a fairly strong, you know, social media following. Uh, in spite of the fact that people have now been like pr- proving that they don't actually live these lives um, or to the fact like there was that one girl where it was like she took the picture in business class and then somebody on the flight recognized <laughs> yeah. her back in coach and took a picture 
and her fans were like, well, that's just really smart. You know, like that's, that's, you know, pretending like you're in business class, but it's being frugal. And I'm like, okay, I guess, I don't know. It just makes me feel like, um, it's like a cognitive, like disassociation to like your own world. And you're trying to really live through somebody else's life. And it, it just, I, I don't support that. It's just the way it is. <laughs> and that channel, uh, IO overload. Good Lord. It's like a uh, rabbit hole for me. <laughs> it is. I mean, like <laughs> it's just one top 10 video, <laughs> But it's well, three top ten videos usually, right. like all sandwiched together into one single video, and then you're like, oh, here's ten, you know, actors that had really bad interviews. Here's, you know, like ten times that you know characters were written off shows because of off-screen behavior. You know, I like those are the videos that I ultimately ended up watching because I'm a pop culture whore. And yeah, and I and I just don't, I really don't care. So well, you're lucky. It, it, yeah, but I find it. I find the um, the heavy is the crown. Her head that yeah, wears the uh, crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're saying. Now. <laughs> I, I just find it really interesting that all these people, like you know, like these quote unquote followers, are just so intrigued with these people's lives. I'm like, I don't even care. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't care. Fair. I'm, Fair. I, I'm in the same boat. Like I, I, I couldn't care less at this point. So. All I've got now with sports. Let me give a. Uh, I, I do. I didn't put this in here, but I want no, to say it. The Broncos won. I'm excited. I had I to just... wake him up from a nap so <laughs> yeah. he could tune in and watch the rest of the game live. <laughs> but I'm still not a Teddy Bridgewater fan. No, I they mean I understand the, that they won the game through defense. They won the game through their run game. It wasn't because of Bridgewater. Uh, yeah. Um. I, nothing against him. He's just not our quarterback. But I'm super excited about the World Cup and college basketball because I've got nothing else left. Although the Broncos may go to the playoffs, um, but I want to see the Knicks. Hopefully, possibly not botch it, but kind of skeptical. And I, my feelings are hurt because I watched the Denver defense play extremely well yeah. without Vaughn Miller. But I'm glad he's happy in L.A. Well, I mean, I, I heard, and this is obviously just like speculation, I think, more than anything, but that the Denver defense was like, we got to show up and show out because this is the first game without Von Miller, and we got to prove that we're still a good defense and that it's, we're not just one player. I mean, and they certainly played like that. Uh, yeah, it was it was 30 to zero until Fox decided that they wanted to show a more competitive game and without the extent of the fans, um, which kind of pissed me off. But. Yeah. I hate it when they do that crap. Yeah. But then they gave, they gave up 16 points, but you know, <laughs> albeit hopefully in 2022, uh, Sunday ticket goes free market. And if you're listening to NFL, I will pay for free like Sunday ticket. I will not pay for direct TV. It's just not worth it to me. Yeah. They need to get out of that being the only, the, the exclusive provider, but right. I don't know what the contract looks like. So I have no idea what the actual likelihood of that is. <laughs> it, it, it expires in 2022. So we'll see. Nice. That would be fantastic. I, I mean, the NFL is 
is a bunch of dummies if they don't take advantage of that, honestly. Right. Um, speaking of bunch of dummies, or at least a dummy, uh, Aaron, I think I'm better than everybody else, Rogers. Uh, really, this isn't about, like, to me, this isn't about whether or not he's vaccinated. And I think, like, that's what, that's a big part of the argument is, like, people are like, well, I've never been seeing people get so upset about it, whether or not it got, got a shot. I don't care whether or not he got the shot. It just seems like dude pretended like he got the shot, got cute with his words, got caught now that he got COVID and wants to blame everybody else and start making excuses. And... I've never liked Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I just have. He's in my top ten quarterbacks. I feel guilty. No, I mean he is in my top ten quarterbacks too. I think, but well, he was. Um, and I mean, honestly, like this doesn't change anything about how he plays on right. the field, right? And but it's it's just such a like I'm above the rules and I'm above everybody else type of attitude. And it's like, because I'm smarter than everybody, I've done all this research and, but I won't tell you how I protected myself. That's personal. Even though, you know, I claim that I found, you know, a way to immunize people from COVID with that, without having to take a vaccine. Like that seems like something that a lot of people might be interested in. <laughs> so the whole, so for me, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, it goes to your points two and four. One, he got cute with his words, and so that was point two and point two. four. <laughs> um, point four, he's blaming everybody else, yeah. right? And then it circles back to, at the end of the day, I really don't care. I think it's a, mis it's a, it's a misrepresentation of the situation to make it, like, his failure to do something that important. Because I really don't care. It's like, I, I at the end of the day... If his team says you can't play, that's they're protecting that team. Aaron Rodgers isn't paying my mortgage. Like, and I, I get it. There's a lot of part. There's a part of me that is frustrated. But then the the reasonable the reason says, yeah. But do you really care? Like he's he, he's a pos. For yeah, being that guy. I I mean again, like for me, what it really boils down to is I get this wonderful feeling of vindication that I was right. He's always been a weird, yeah. you know, arrogant asshole and so i get to feel good about that and you know move on and that's it his his pr agent should have just said hey let it blow over i mean yeah i think like that's the other thing is you know essentially what it really is is that he didn't want to deal with it in the preseason like he didn't want to deal with all the questions or you know any attention around whether or not he was vaccinated or the fact that he wasn't getting the vaccine and so he did what he did, and I—I I mean, yeah, like I just—if I, I, he'd have just said no, I'm not getting vaccinated. I spend a lot of time thinking about what goes into my body, and I have some reasons that I don't feel comfortable with this, but I'm going to follow protocols. You know, and I think that's the other thing is because he wasn't following protocols. You know, wearing a mask on the sidelines during preseason, wearing a right. mask during the. Report And then he wants to be like, well, it doesn't matter because they're all vaccinated and vaccinated people can't get COVID, supposedly. Like, he wants to start playing scientist or doctor, you know, and it's like, dude, just go throw the freaking football. You know, 
I, yeah, right? Like, the less I know about what is that, going on. Yeah, let's leave it. Because then we can't, then it becomes the uh, shut up and dribble argument, right? How about we just say, let the team manage the- <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> like, I, I look, let the team manage that. I'm going to keep hands off and we'll move on. So, All right. That was our quick hits session. I think that was pretty successful. We'll find out yeah. when we publish yeah. it later. But uh, time to talk about some life stuff. Life. That's like one of my favorite uh, intros. Is it really? One. Yeah, the business one always like. I know the business one really frustrates you. Uh, we have a couple that are so seldomly used that like I keep wanting to bust them out, but they were ones that like I made just because we talked about a very specific thing that day. Like we have a family <laughs> one. Uh, music is a good one, I think. Like, uh, yeah. Anyways, I just want to say, um, because it was, a, it was an issue in the Virginia uh, campaign. Yeah. It's an issue in Texas. It's an issue in uh, in Florida. Critical race theory or CRT is not a, is not the issue. The issue is, in my humble opinion, like can't we just agree racism is a thing so we can just like stop trying to make something that's not currently in school curricula, like the argument because it's it's blowing my mind. It is blowing my freaking mind. It it, it bothers me so. <laughs> it's like but you don't know what you're talking about yeah and that's the thing that i think i find most interesting is not the right word maybe frustrating and it's i mean it's a common i feel like it's a common occurrence at this point when having these types of dis when you're trying to have a discussion about this and when it boils it down to a stupid back and forth argument is that people aren't taking the time on on both sides to really understand exactly what this is and it's just a blanket like you're either with us or you're against us you know and it's like first of all what is critical race theory right like i have heard about it a bunch but hadn't done much to actually educate myself in terms of what it is until today when i saw that you had the topic on there and i was like well i guess we're going to talk about this i should probably have some basis of exactly like what this kind of encompasses and my general understanding is that it's the idea that race the construct of race is something that is human-made man-made it's not like inherently you know in genetic something that we can look at there and that it has primarily been used to suppress non-whites and to elevate white people over time i mean that's a but that you're not wrong but it's that's where the argument comes into play right so then you have to expand that umbrella to to where 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 is critical race theory even addressed? And it's, it's typically um, a good majority of law schools. It's yeah, it's a graduate level college and course. Gra- yeah, and it's a graduate level college course, right? Yeah. So, and the theory <laughs> is is that the systems that we have are the, the predicate is like ethnicity, 
I don't even want to say race because scientifically there's only one human race. Right. Ethnicity and culture are like, they're non-binary, right? Uh, so, and the categories, they're, they're so broad. So that's my frustration. It's like, but, but for a group of people that pretend to be so smart and intelligent, let's just step away from this a little bit. Is it is it possible, and you can look at redlining as a good example, that ethnicity played a part in redlining? Yes. Ethnicity plays a part in uh, school districts. Yes. Eth- ethnicity plays a part in uh, political districts. Yes. And is there a benefit to one group of people over the other? Yes. And you can like just do a very broad stroke and be pretty confident that that is a thing. Yeah. The hard part is, okay, we can acknowledge that. How do we fix it? Right. <laughs> and that's where I, I get confused. And people say, well, we're, we're teaching young white kids to hate themselves. How? Right. The, the two things can't be true at the same time. Like the, the, if you understood what you were fighting against in a, a more thorough way, you wouldn't come to that conclusion. Are kids currently in power in the government? Are kids worried about redlining? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the whole idea is to basically teach the mistakes that were made in the past so that we don't repeat them in the future. Like, oh, but you can't do that. Right. I mean, you can take no, that, we, that. we can't. We can't acknowledge that we've ever made mistakes. Right. You know, and it's that, it, we talked about that last week. Right. Right. It's this like the 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 idea that of, of American superiority, that we can do no wrong, the, the manifest destination, you know, or manifest destiny, where it's like, you know, we're, we're, we are destined to rule this entire continent. This land is supposed to be ours and we are anything that we have to do in order to secure it is OK. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just the, and I'm not, I'm not anti-American, but I'm anti-stupid, right? You can't have that argument without, um, if we can't get to, like, actually get into a, a conversation, the reason why you had to wake me up because on Sunday, because I went to watch the Canelo fight on, oh, uh, nice. and like almost actually literally eight miles away from the Virginia border at my wife's cousin's house. Great experience, not a bad drive, but got into a conversation about um, uh, politics. I didn't want to, but somebody said something abrasively like incorrect. And I said, hey, let's reel it back. Can we just agree on the policies? Because none of the, the facts you're bringing up, or quote unquote facts, are, are valid. And I was told to Google it. I said, no, I'm not gonna Google it while I'm talking to you. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna Google your point. Like you should be able to articulate your point and I should understand it. Yeah. Well, I can, I can understand your passion, but I'm not going to Google things you say as you're talking to me to prove your point. Right. I'm not here to be your (laughs) personal fact checker. Yeah. Like you Google it. (laughs) Anybody's going to Google it. But now granted the person's younger than than I am and that's fine, but it's like, that's our conversation. That's our mode of dialogue. Yeah. It's, super abrasive it has no it's 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 taken on like a form of like prove me wrong yeah you know? i can <laughs> yeah but but the I, idea that the that the onus is on 
the other person to prove what you're saying is incorrect, you know? It's but just... you can, but we understand, and and most people understand. I, I won't even I won't even clarify this or like valid like say most re reasonable people. Most people having a conversation, you can look at the ones you have with your family and in public life, your private and public life. You can't, you will never have a good conversation if you conclude the other person's wrong at the onset. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. I agree. And I think critical race theory is a, and we're going to talk about more about this later on, but it's, it's become like a, it is triggering because a vast majority of the people don't understand what it is. Yeah. Or is it even threatening the somewhat rigged educational system? Right. It's it kind of like it, voter fraud. No, I, I <laughs> The ironic thing is it does threaten the, the current educational system, which is rigged, right? We Why do we have so many um, – we have National Hispanic Month, National Native American Month, uh, National African – or Black History Month. Uh, we have all these – like because we don't want to give any credibility to the contributions of other groups in this country other than a particular group. I personally think all these months are ridiculous. I, I really do. I, I just like, I, I don't know which month it is. You know, um, we, we try to, it doesn't solve the problem. Having national native American history month is absurd. It's absurd. And if you look at the real history of this country and what we did to the indigenous people of this country, to dedicate a month and it's i don't know how long it's been like in our on our calendars we do nothing for it yeah. we 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 say hey october is your or whatever month i don't even know what month it is or like national hispanic month so black history month so we do nothing to actually address the issues except for one like we really concentrate one month out of the year for these Groups that have been or you know marginalized doesn't solve the problem. So is critical race theory does it threaten the system? Yes. Is it being taught to children? No. But can you get be can you eliminate CRT by actually fixing the issue? You probably can. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> Let's something else. Okay. It's time for politics. So I have stopped watching the news that much. Like I'll do a morning show, like uh, CNN, like New Day, or every now and then, like the Today Show. Um have a tendency to listen to NPR, the BBC broadcast, and you know, a couple other things throughout the day. But I'm starting to notice that the media is not helping. Actually, I don't think the media is doing their job, the, the news media. Yeah. Like, and that is my 100% honest opinion. They're, they're just like the, the biggest perpetrators of misinformation or biased media. 
And this is excluding Fox Fox or right. anybody else. Yeah. It's just in general. Yeah. It, the, the, the channels that pretend to be unbiased, as it were. The CNNs, the ABCs, NBCs of the world. Right. I mean, MSNBC, we all know where they line up, right? Yeah. I mean, they're basically Fox News to the left. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, I, I agree. And I mean, I feel like we've talked about, we've talked around this particular issue before, but I think, like, somebody was talking, and I, and I can't remember who it was to give them credit, so I'll just take credit for it. I had this idea that... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even expecting that. I was like, well, that's pretty dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like I, somebody was talking about the, the, the lack of uh, like local journalism, mm -hmm. you know, is at least one of the kind of pieces that one of the reasons that we find ourselves in this media kind of frenzy for engagement at the national level, you know, and then, and what it's done at the, like the local news stations now are owned by a lot, like, you know, yeah, the same the stations yeah. and so, or the same parent Entities, company. Yeah. And so ultimately like they're all basically saying the same thing. You get the same news story verbatim in some cases. Um, because it's less expensive to do it that way. You pay one person to write it. Um, but it's also a way to, I mean, potentially, right, control the narrative or the messaging that is getting sent out to the entire broadcast area that you have a foothold in. And so, I, you know, I, I don't know what the solution is because I don't think it could be like, let's bring back newspapers and, you know, here, you, you know, extra, extra, read all about it. Like that's not going to happen because we have other sources, but I think we need to find a way to, I, I mean, is there still a desire or a, uh, a group of people out there that want to be those like hard nosed local journalists or is everybody that's gotten into that now just like, now I want to be on one of the you know major cable news networks and rake in a bunch of money and get to go to fancy schmancy events and. Well, I don't know because uh, well, I, I doubt that. I, I did hear about a story of a Baltimore paper. Uh, it's an NPO, and they're going to try to fix it in Baltimore. Um, but what kind of led me to think about that was President Biden made a comment after the infrastructure bill was signed that the media has done a, a terrible job of explaining the infrastructure bill. Okay. And, okay, I neither here or there and john Behrman on cnn uh, new day said why is that our job and then i immediately thought like you, but you're the same guys that talk about freedom of the press your job is to help to hold these people accountable in their in their positions so why can't you <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> part of that be you know explaining to people like hey here's what's in this build back better bill you know or the right. infrastructure bill that they're getting ready to vote on that we're making such a big deal about the democrats trying to get a deal made on this and what it's ultimately going to look like but we're not going to spend that much time actually talking about what's inside of it i mean and i'm with you that i think you know like there's there's certainly there part of it but at the same time, 
I think the White House probably their marketing team could have done a better job of trying to right. I mean, like both sure. sides, but but I see, <laughs> but I totally understand what your point is. Like that's not our job, or why should that be our job? And it's like mother, that is your job. Like by definition, that's what you should be doing here. Is if if you're fighting inclined to get press White House press coverage do a better job well but you know what doesn't get eyeballs is them sitting there dissecting what's in a 300 page bill right i mean i know you know this i, I know that this isn't news to you but it's this so is I, this I, is where the conundrum kind of comes up right this is the <laughs> this is like how do we solve this and i so, so at some level somebody's got to take responsibility if the press like they ridiculed president obama's administration for limiting press coverage they revolted against president trump former president trump see and like just remind people he's a former president uh, in his attempts to lie all the time and it was a, it's a it was a recurring issue of them counting his lies but they have a, another clean slate to where they can do it, actually do their quote unquote job because president Biden has not limited press access as far as I've heard. Yeah. So why not ask better questions? Sure. I, I mean, that's fair. I, again, like I think it, I think both sides, right. Have some culpability in this. Sure. And, sure. Uh, but I, it would know, be great to feel like we had that, independent media coverage that i mean i like when do you think that's the last time that we actually had that um i would say bush one or two two yeah and and the disadvantage he had was it was the start of the afghanistan war right um so there wasn't a lot of time to play cover-up Sure. And the things that were reported in the news were like current events and there weren't a lot of extra scandals because there was no time for that. Um, President, and, and it's not like to, I'm not trying to, I do watch um, reliable sources on CNN on, on Sunday mornings at mm -hmm. 11 o'clock because that is a constant critique of how the, the news media can be better. I would love to see, you know, Brian Stolter actually bring that up. I watch uh, Mike uh, Mike Smirkanish on Saturday mornings because again they're super neutral. I'm kind of getting fed up again with uh, other news hosts on CNN, uh, like Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. Like I like them. I, I think they have good they have good opportunities to do better, but or they do a good job of what they're doing, mm -hmm. but it's not really trying to. Uh, ask the right questions sometimes so yeah that's my thoughts um and it even goes it carries over into the uh, uh the virginia governor's election jeez for everything holy man <laughs> like you lost math told you that you lose and i think it was uh for the like the last 40 times there was never like the the incumbent party in the White House never won the um, Virginia the gov yeah. governorship. Yeah. So number one, let's start with that. Why are you surprised? Right. Number two, you didn't have anybody else new. Like you're, you're going to bring somebody like you, the Democratic Party in, in Virginia said, let's run the coffee again. Yeah. 
No, I, I mean, it's <laughs> it's what the Democratic Party does best. Uh, recycle old candidates and just throw them up there hoping that experience will win the day. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I still don't really understand how they got out of that habit with President Obama. You know, like, that was somebody that definitely didn't fit that mold. But, uh, I mean, and Clinton, I guess, was kind of similar right like i mean he'd been governor um of arkansas and i mean but still like not you know uh i but But the argument is still this the argument still stands they have no platform i mean i agree well i i I think well i think yeah their their platform so to speak is has gotten a little big Right. I feel like to some degree they've they've got so many things that they're trying to balance simultaneously that they don't have a clear message that they're able to communicate in terms of like, here's the three things that are most important to the Democratic Party. Right. Like securing voting rights. uh, Sure. Number two and number three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like as a citizen, neither one of us know it. Right. But I, I will tell you this. I think that they don't have a platform. So I agree with what you're saying, but I would say just... But you would disagree at the same time. Yes, because that means the message is not getting through, right? They botched the infrastructure bill. They botched the uh, the voting like the voting rights bill that was that was that could have potentially passed yeah. um, because they wanted something more. They... They don't have a platform. Their platform is an- everything anti-Trump. I think we all, like most people would agree that Donald Trump was the worst president in this country. Ever. I probably would agree with that 40 times more because I think he's akin to Hitler. Yeah. But their platform doesn't talk about issues. Like this guy ran, uh, whatever his name was, um, he ran on education, and we've talked about this multiple times now. Oh, Youngkin, the Re- Republican, yeah. yeah. He ran on education slash CRT. CRT. <laughs> right? Um, and that was, like, everything else was secondary there. And then this guy, McCauf- McC- McCaughlin, says parents shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. And it, sure, it was taken out of context, but he never, like, he didn't have the courage to, like, clarify that right and very forcefully so that's why i can all i can just say look there is no platform we're looking at two two terms of like national and on the national stage of dealing with the crazy and people should really focus in on their state elections like the turnout for non-white voters in virginia was lower than, of course because Non-whites typically don't vote in, like, you know, off-year elections. So why not? Right? I mean, you didn't give them a reason to vote, ultimately. Right. You know, you didn't communicate the message strongly enough, and you didn't present them with a candidate that they could ultimately feel comfortable getting behind. And so they stayed home. I mean, we pacified the the Trump thing by not re-electing Trump. So let's move on. Let's let's get something. Um, well, we'll see in 2024 since he's seems like he's I, I, and I don't know. I mean, like, I think he's teasing it more than anything just so he can keep fundraising. And I think he 
if he, if, I don't know. I, I don't even want to entertain the idea that he would. <laughs> well, the the idea that, um, for example, to, to the next point, Joe Manchin is not necessarily the enemy, right? It, it kind of goes back to point number one. There's no platform. There, there is no reasonable expectations. And I, and I say that to say this, because everything that was in the original infrastructure bill, everything that's in the original Build Back Better bill, were all things that the president ran on, President okay. Joe Biden. The problem is the Democrats can't figure it out well enough to pass something. Don't balloon it up to where it doesn't make sense and you alienate people that are going that are to get these bills passed. So after thinking about it objectively, I was like, well, kind of makes sense, right? These, these items in the bill were things that the president ran on. He didn't really uh, attach a price tag to it, like to be fair. And then you have the progressives and the uh, establishment Democrats arguing and adding things to bills that don't make sense. And that's where politicians in general get things screwed up it, it you eliminate the reasonable people from the equation i i hear what you're saying i don't know that i consider joe manchin to be a reasonable person uh no, or i'm i'm, I'm in cinema but I, i'm excusing mansion but not cinema which i i recognize um i just it's i i and i agree that Instead of saying this needs to be an all or nothing, you know, this is our one and only chance to do this. Like the Democrats should have taken the opportunity to pass smaller bills periodically throughout the summer and the fall right. leading up to the, the elections here. If that was ultimately really their concern or if your concern was just actually getting these bills passed, right? Like, <laughs> but I think part of it was a play that they thought we're going to make it look like the Republicans are the only reason we can't get this done. And that will convince people that we need more Democrats. I, I don't understand the media's reaction to everything with the loss. I got to double back on the Virginia thing it's for a okay. second. But I don't understand the media's reaction to it, where it was like, oh, the sky is falling for Democrats. Like, it didn't change the numbers in the House. It didn't change the numbers in the Senate. Like, it didn't do anything in terms of impacting their who they had available to them to get to vote for the legislation that they want to pass. So they've still got 12 more months before there's another set of elections. Like, I... I Right. The, the, I mean, am I yeah, wrong media, to feel that way? I I don't disagree, but I think the media is chasing headlines in, in the wrong place. Right. And that that is just not helpful. It would be, I, and I think they don't know, like they don't understand how to go back to reporting normal stuff. There is like yeah. it's you know they've opened Pandora's box in terms of this twenty four hour cycle of news and the I mean the Trump presidency didn't help because all it did was. I mean, people like me would flock to videos just to watch him say ridiculous things. So because it was like, I can't believe that we have a president who does this, you know, like you should drink bleach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was having a really hard time not engaging with that stuff for a really long time. It's nice now that I don't have to see all as much of that. Like, 
So that's a that's a fair point. They haven't figured a way to go back to normal and boring, right? Right. Um, that and that's probably it's probably a factor, but it, it just kind of. That's where your news organization can't be exclusively built on profitability. You know, sure. like like it can't be, you know, we have to raise profits at all costs. You know, like that, that I just don't think is, is a recipe for success because ultimately you find yourself in this place where now you're manufacturing news, where you're, you're generating headlines that aren't, necessarily as accurate as you'd like them to be right like, uh like ted cruz like you know amplifying Ted right. cruz going against big bird i mean to be fair big bird is obviously a communist like <laughs> obviously who wears that much yellow but a communist uh i i yeah i don't know i just think that when you when you look at like but the, the left is the cancel culture you know like they're the ones that have the issue with cancel culture. It's not, it's not the right. I just, I love that, that the conservatives now or the GOP now have tried to co-opt that and are like, Oh, you want to get offended about just anything? We can get offended about just anything. We'll just make stuff up to get offended about like, Oh my God. Well, but you can't go run around saying stupid crap like defund the police. Well, uh, you're not wrong. I mean, like I, I kept sitting here trying to think of other slogans. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like Black Lives Matter. We've talked about that one to death. Build back better. Maybe we should stop using that. You know, um, I, I don't think people can under like people conceptually can't wrap their hands around the abstract, right? Sure. And these catchy slogans, like that, that only works for like Coca Cola, McDonald's, and yeah. Burger King. Like, you're not trying to sell somebody a burger. So. No, we should call it the $3.5 trillion infrastructure, internet, roads, <laughs> bridges, you know. <laughs> but the, the good thing is we can finally have infrastructure week. And I and I, I, and I, I want to give President Biden a couple, like, uh, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> when he's, he actually opened up his speech after it was signed and said, now we actually have infrastructure week. I was like, yeah, I see what you did there. And then secondly, somebody tried to call him out on, and then I'm done with politics. Um, so there's a new story. I don't know if you saw it, that the government was going to pay, in what was in the headlines, $450,000 to families where the U.S. has misplaced their children. I had not seen that. And a reporter, I want to say he was from Fox. I, I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty confident he was from one of those. Like, he was from Fox. Um, he actually said, um, he, he brought that up. And President, President Biden made a very interesting point, very good point. He said, look, yeah, they came here illegally, pretty much, right? But we lost their kid. We got to make that right. You know? Yeah. Now, me, the little guy in my little world, I'm like, yeah. If you lost my kid, like, for first of all, four fifty doesn't like cover it. Yeah, like that's an ass whipping. Like I'm coming for you. But 
at least we can show and get like give them some sense of dignity and hope that it doesn't have to be terrible, right? You can't, you're not, you didn't lose their phone, right? Like you lost their kid, right? You you have to acknowledge that we made a mistake, which again comes back to this idea of American superiority, right? Where it's like, well, we didn't really, is it our fault? No, I mean, if they hadn't shown up in the first place, we wouldn't be in this position, you know? Uh, which is, I mean, when you're having to make that argument from that standpoint you should know that you've already lost like right you are responsible for your own actions regardless of what other people do to provoke you and i'll be honest he was pretty forceful with that reporter and i'm like yeah i still think he well what kind of led me to that was um he's a gangster number one (laughs) but the leaks about how Biden talks to his staff. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think we had, we had chatted about that over text a couple of weeks ago. But yes, like it's just so much profanity and to be a fly on the wall in those offices. Because I'm sure like with all of the stuff going on with the Build Back Better and the infrastructure bills, like he's sitting there trying to get uh. this stuff passed. And he's like, what the actual F <laughs> is going on? Like what are these – a holes doing i don't get it just and i i mean like i i don't know it's i can respect that i can yeah again like biden probably wasn't my number one like you give me anybody in the world that i could pick to be president or our presidential candidate biden probably wasn't it but considering what he stepped into i think it's pretty amazing the lack of credit he's gotten for the first like nine, 10 months, you know? And And I forget that again, like that's what that's that in and of itself is frustrating. It's like, yo, if it was like a whole year and he hasn't accomplished anything or trying to accomplish anything, I'd be like, yeah, okay. He deserves that. But can't we all agree that we were just saying like 11 months ago, this is the end of the world. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We're moving on from politics. Oh, gosh. Your favorite. Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. The bongos in the background are always one of my... Yeah, so I'm trying not to. um, Here's my only only disclaimer. Okay. My so uh, my wife, we're watching the news about like you sent me the text about what happened in Austin. It's on the news all day throughout the weekend, and like Sunday, I actually said it just came out of my mouth. I really don't care, right? And my wife said hey, don't lose your humanity, right? And I and I tried to to, defend, to to actually kind of defend my point. I'm like, look, there are other things where, yes, this is a tragedy, but there are other things that I think the national news should be like highlighting aside from that, right? We're not going to get any information but to give me 20 updates. And she's like, no, that's great, but don't lose your humanity. It's okay. So that's my disclaimer. I'm trying not to lose my humanity. <laughs> having um, said that, here comes the humanity that, losing statement. <laughs> yo, screw Facebook. 
Oh, Facebook's not human. Don't worry about that. You're not losing your humanity there. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's so, a robot. Like, have you seen any of their commercials? Uh, so I've seen. I, I saw a couple of them where I don't even remember what they were about. I want to say that they were like their privacy or security like commercials that they were running for a while. But I, I are there new ones that they have out so now? They've got this whole series where it, it kind of that in short form. It's basically. The internet has changed over the last 20, 30 years when 230 was written or passed, right? <gasps> really? Don't you believe uh, federal reg- regulation should change also? Oh, okay. So that little catchphrase in the bot at the end, it makes me think, and not just Facebook. There's a lot of companies where it's like, so what you're telling me is you're not going to do the right thing you're going to wait for the government to tell you to, to do the right thing. Right. That is completely unacceptable. Agreed. And I think the government should rip Facebook a new. I think any company, pardon me, that waits for regulations is the exact opposite of what an open market capitalist society should be like supporting. Like, I don't need you to tell me the difference between right and wrong. Inherently, I should know that. At a basis, a base human level, I should know the difference between right and wrong. And it makes me just that much more angry with Facebook. It makes me just that much more angry with any company that says, I know it's wrong, but I want the government to regulate me. Yeah. Because as long as I can get away with it, I'm going to keep doing it. Why does that make sense to anybody? Why, how can anybody watch that commercial and not take away that message? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stupid people out there, so I won't discount that. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I think most people, mostly Facebook is hoping that people aren't paying attention. Um, I mean, like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with like the This Week in Google uh, right. podcast where – the cost of switching for Facebook is so high because you can't trying to get your friends to leave Facebook too. Right. And to go somewhere else, whether it's to an email chain or some, you know, private platform to be able to, to have that same ability to share, um, is not, it's not easy. And so that's a huge part of it. Even people that leave Facebook, to take social media breaks, come back because it's like, well, I, I felt disconnected. I didn't know what was going on. You know, how many times, Oh, did you see this on, on Facebook? Oh, you know, Jenny had her baby and it's like, Oh, I had no idea. You know, it's like, well, obviously you and Jenny aren't that close. Then. Like, right. She didn't text you. No offense. <laughs> um, and I guess like, that's kind of the approach that I've taken lately with Facebook and social media in general is it's like, I don't need an app to regulate and and moderate my engagement with my friends and family. Like that's I just can't. I I can't, and I'm trying not to lose my like <laughs> humanity. Humanity. I, I will tell you that hurt me a little bit. I'm like, yo, are you saying I'm becoming cold? Well, I'm not. But it just blows my mind. Like, uh, so I watched a lot of, I've been watching or listening to a lot of CBC marketplace, which is a Canadian show. Uh, they have a lot of interesting things on, on YouTube. That show does not survive in the U (laughs) S to be honest with you. They, 
rip companies apart. But it makes me think even the companies in Canada, and I used to think Canada was probably more, well, yeah, you know, the stereotypes are all nice. And no, they're waiting for a province to fix something that's destroying like thousands of Canadians. And it's like, why, why would any company, how do you support a company that takes advantage of people? Like how, how, how is that? Okay. So uh, this isn't on the list, but I saw this new story where like one of the most holy rivers in India is currently mm -hmm. covered in toxic foam due to some chemical plant up the river that has been releasing wastewater into it. And like they had videos of people trying to paddle through the river on, you know, their little boats and like having to pull their feet up so that they don't touch the foam. And then they had like one of the cattle, like just sitting there with like foam all over its mouth from drinking from the river and stuff. And I'm just like, how, if you're that company, like, how do you justify that? <laughs> like, not only is this probably, a, obviously, a water source for some animals and probably humans, but it's also considered one of the holiest rivers in all of India. Right. And you're just going to dump your wastewater into it and create toxic foam. Like, cool. Brother, I, I, I can't, man. I just think that if our compass is that off, there's something, there's something deeper, deeper that's wrong. It's just like it it blows my mind and like for and if you've never for people listening if you've never watched those like Facebook commercials just watch one or two and like the part that blows my mind is it's not the content from the start to the like I guess the uh, in credit or the little bumper they put at the end yeah but the end it, it always says the internet's been you know blah blah blah. And don't you think regulation should change? Well, if they do change, and you guys are knowingly um, toxic to children, knowingly toxic to democracy, we should put, like, the last nail, nail in your coffin. Well, that's what I don't understand. Like, what do they want the regulations to do to come in and, and, and make it okay for them to do what they're doing, essentially? Right? That's, that's, that's the question, right? So it just blows my mind. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, so we had the OSHA testing and vaccination mandate that uh, President Biden and his White House have have issued, basically saying all employees at companies of 100 employees or more uh, need to be vaccinated or offer daily testing uh, in order to have their employees, not even necessarily have them back at work, right, but just for them yeah. basically to be open or they face fines. Um, a court has blocked this ruling temporarily, uh, but you know, whether or not that goes through, I thought it was kind of interesting just in terms of like how much of an impact this would actually have. I saw some headlines that were claiming 84 million workers, you know, would be impacted by this. I'm curious, like, are half of those people already vaccinated, right? Or is this 84 million that are unvaccinated? Uh, that part I didn't really get. And then I started digging into just thinking about numbers, right? I mean, at our time at E-Area, company size was something that was always very important to us on the production team. Uh, <laughs> and 
we had a lot of people that listed their company size greater than a hundred plus, but we knew that that was right. crap. And so I was just like, well, what is the what does the landscape look like right now? The I think the most recent data that I could find from the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council uh, was from 2018 that was saying that 98.1% of U.S. employer firms have fewer than 100 employees. So basically 1.9% of U.S. employer firms have are, are 100 employees or greater. So less than 2% of all companies ultimately would be potentially affected by this mandate. Um, what was the Possibly. other thing? Possibly, right? And then employer firms with fewer than 100 workers employed 33.4% of the total workforce in 2018. So, I mean, you're already looking at a third of the employee, employer employee pool that is not affected by this. Um, so, I don't know. It's just, it just kind of interesting. Um, well, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It, it doesn't. But the the thing with the with the firms that would be affected by it is that the other ones would follow it, which is typically the the, uh, the norm. Um, and uh, I'd be also be curious, not to cut you off, but just how many of these firms already have vaccine mandates in place, right? It, I, that's I, my point, right? Yeah, they prop like for the for the small business owner, they're like, yeah, I can't afford to be closed. Sure. So, whatever prevents me from being closed, we're going to do that. Um, so yeah, it's like a, that's another Pandora's box. I don't see the logic in a judge, uh, putting a stay on that order. Like, to be honest with you, because then that means there's a lot of other things with OSHA that could be impacted by that. So they're going to write a precedent. They necessarily don't want to do. I just, the idea that, uh, you know, a lower court would issue a stay on the the vaccine mandate, but the Supreme Court won't issue a stay on Texas's abortion ban. <laughs> like, hey, now granted, my, body, my choice. Yeah, and granted, like I do think that based on the initial hearings and stuff like that, and the way that the justices were kind of positioning, like there's a really good chance that they're going to sit there and say there is no way in hell that we can let this stand like it essentially creates a loophole around judicial review of legislation by making it that the government is not the enforcing agent and if that's how states want to pass laws from that yeah, i mean what's to stop yeah california from saying okay fine like you can't own a gun and if you do and your neighbor reports you you're you know going to get a fine of a million dollars right you know, like, I mean, First Amendment, right? You can't yeah. say anything about this. Or if your neighbor, you know, is offended by it, they can sue you for a million dollars. Like, I mean, Third Amendment, right? The army is going to sue you because <laughs> oh, Trump, Trump, Trumpism at its worst is on trial in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, we can agree that like close to 60% or and, and depending on whichever report you get more Americans work in a small business than, than a large company. Right. So I don't dislike the strategy of actually putting that mandate in place because those, those same companies are like, uh, they they fall under OSHA regulations pretty heavily. Right. 
now smaller companies depending on like OSHA like whichever like OSHA thing you're looking at could also fall under those also but it's trying to solve a problem and I, I'm not going to get into it like if you don't get vaccinated that's on you if you yeah. go to the hospital that's on you if you die like you had an opportunity um and, and that sounds like again my wife said to me don't lose my humanity <laughs> so, no but, but i mean like what we're, we're supposed to feel bad for everybody that i i don't that wanted to believe not science like i i'm sorry like i i no i'm not i'm not sorry it's i am not responsible for your inability to make that decision or for the decision right. that you made. Like, it's not even your inability to make a decision, but like, I'm not responsible for the decision that you made. And so I don't, I don't, it's like, I'm not happy. Right. I'm not gleeful when people that chose not to get vaccinated, get COVID or God forbid, pass away from it and die. Like, but let me, what's the, what's the, what's the extreme of a circular argument, right? Like whatever that may be, it's, like, look, you can't have it both ways where you make these declarations of my body, my choice with a vaccine, but we demonize people that get abortions. You can't make it. Um, you, you can't say Second Amendment rights, but, you know, I got to worry about my kids going to school or being in public because some idiot may have a gun and you don't want to have like tougher like. Just qualifications to own it. <laughs> We're not asking you to give up your guns. We're asking you to allow us to prevent people that shouldn't have guns from getting them. That's yeah, it's, it. It's all about common good. Yeah. Like you can't say this is a country like that that is the foundation is liberty and, and individual freedoms. At the sake of what? That's the question I keep asking myself lately. I'm like, at the sake of what though? Sure. Right? Well it's like I mean, what is it? The uh is it the uh, patriot act right yeah that they passed during uh, right after 9-11 where it was basically like no nah, we got to figure out what's going on if we you know if we don't have access to everybody's information all the time then we might miss another one of these terrorist attacks and that wasn't some bill that they made up all of a sudden like that's right. something that had been sitting there they were just waiting for the right opportunity to pass that through um and we're still dealing with the fallout from that. Like, so, you know, it, I, I don't know. It's, I just think it's, it's another one of those things where I I'm with you. I'm glad that they're doing it. I understand why they're doing it the way that they're doing it. Um, I just wish that there was a more, I, I guess a more honest, you know, kind of conversation about it in the media. It, it, I, that that's what I think we're really kind of missing, right? Is just the, a level of honesty that isn't present, and it's I think it's not it's not there amongst the hosts, it's not there amongst the guests, the panel. Right. Like everybody seems to be on the same agenda or on this under the same understanding of well, this is entertainment, and we got to make a show out of this, so we can't all be on the same page. I'm gonna call you a name that you won't like, and you can pretend to get really <laughs> offended by it. Like you know, it's. I, uh, you had the um, Kevin O'Leary, right? Was on yeah. the the New Day on CNN, and he's. I, I saw the name, and I'm like, "Why do I know that? Why should I know that name?" And I'm like, "Oh, Shark Tank." Um, he is my least favorite, probably, host from Shark Tank. 
But I like them fifty fifty. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like I listen, I listen to the clip, you know, and so I you heard his back talk, right? Oh, I don't know if I. So his back talk was, people are incentivized to stay at home. They project, but they projected 14% of their employees were not going to return. And they're looking at like 55 or something 55. like that, right? Yeah. Which I was like, okay, so how do you explain that? Like, what? He did. But he said it, not return to the office, meaning the office. I understood that to mean like, you know, we're only really interested in remote work kind of. Yeah. But, right. So that's, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. what you, you can't have both. Right. Yeah. So you, you can't be. All right. So Mr. O'Leary, you're, you're not wrong, but you're also not right at the same time. Like it, it can't be both. And we have said on this podcast time and time again, People don't want to work at your crappy jobs. Right. And that's right. our fault, apparently. Like, it's our fault for not appreciating <laughs> the crappy jobs that are being offered. Okay. Like, why, why can't we just call that for what it is? Is and, and the reality is, like, people don't, like, dress it up however you want to. There's things that are lacking at your company. Like, and that's it. I mean, ultimately, like he was talking about, right, can't, uh, was accountants, and something else, there was another category, but those are people who don't need to sit in the office every day. Right. For what? Like, that's overhead that you don't need. I don't understand why companies feel like they have to have, you know, if I don't get eight hours of, you know, my employee's time, because it's not even eight hours of work. Right. No. It's just if I don't get eight or nine hours of my employees, employees dedicated time in a building where I can supervise what they're doing, then I have no faith in their ability to get their job done. Dude, your hiring practices suck. Your training yeah. program sucks. If that's the case, like you obviously don't understand what it is that you're supposed to be doing. These people don't get their jobs. If you're that concerned, if having them on premise, I mean, I just. People are <laughs> – I feel like most people are so much more efficient when they get the ability to intertwine their work with the rest of their day, at least occasionally. You know, like the ability to be able to, to step out of the office for an hour to run an errand or to do something in the middle of the day and come back and, and pick up where you left off. You know, like – I just I, I don't need somebody over my shoulder telling me to do my job. Yep. Right? Uh, if you want to stifle innovation, make people fit in that box you 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 prescribe for them. He, the and cubicle, literally. The, they, that was <laughs> he was talking about. Like people who worked in cubicles don't want to come back to the office. And I'm like, no, sh like, where have you been? The open concept office has been around for a while now, Mister O'Leary. Like, <laughs> and, and even that's like too much of a hassle. Well, right? yeah, because that I mean, it's not any better, right? You're literally taking down the walls, and all you do is now I have to look at and listen to all of the annoying coworkers that I have. <laughs> yeah, it's like gosh. So now I, I have thought... to actually see all the people I didn't see all the time. Oh, it's terrible. I just thought that was like the. And again, I'm like a 50-50, like all of his deals are done in perpetuity, which are most of them. And I get that from an investor standpoint. I don't get that as the one that's selling equity. Yeah. Um, so that's a 
fundamental and and an ide- ideological difference. I did like on. that the host in that segment called him out on the um, stimulus checks. If he was like, those employment benefits ran out several months ago. In September. That was John Behrman. Yeah. Gosh. Gosh. I, I have a love-hate with him, the whole Boston <laughs> Red Sox thing. And Is that it, though? It's just the Boston Red Sox thing? That's the start. Okay. So it's, okay. A, it's always a start. No, it? I understand. That makes sense. But uh, anyway, Johnson Johnson, um, they are... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I think not to like start this, this story was one of those things. Like, I thought I had heard something about this, and then I I don't even remember if it was in my Google News feed or just one of the. I think it was one of the videos I saw on YouTube because uh, I was watching some other Daily Show stuff, and this popped up, yeah, okay. and I was like, I saw that video. And what I was like, the f? And I mean, that's the stuff that you were selling to put on babies like you told people to put it on their sensitive parts and knew for 50 plus years that it had asbestos in it and was causing cancer and you did nothing oh but let's go get the j and j jab like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't say that because i actually got the j and j well i'm sorry andre it was I'm nice worried, knowing I- you I'm worried about my wings sprouting in, you know? Seriously. Um, no, I mean, I, I like, look, I get that there were times where there wasn't that level of oversight and, and regulation. But I think, like, this is part of where people get frustrated with the less regulation argument where it's like, look what happens. You know, like, these companies are hiding this stuff even with regulations. Imagine what they do if we got rid of them. And I, so, but, but it's, but it's also, it's also a mute point because they can move their company. They literally to Texas. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and beyond a rebrand, just say, no, we're not responsible for that. And then file bankruptcy. Yeah. And Johnson and Johnson is no. not the first ones to do that. Right. Right. They're not. Yeah. So it, that's the part where I keep saying, look, let's focus on the bouncing ball on that sentence yes. and fix that problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because ultimately, like, yes, they messed up. Yes, they hit it. But they were going to have to pay for it until they yeah, moved to Texas. Can, and by the way, I, Texas, like, dude, get your shit together. Like, you cannot be the, like, get out of jail free card for corporations like it's well, Del- not Delaware is also so Delaware too a, I'm on both that, of you like that's a slippery slope it is but I, I'll slide right down that slippery slope <laughs> I and so if you bring that up then I got to bring this up so Ted Cruz in front of a bunch of children yeah says that Texas you know we're not at a point to where we secede from the union no which they technically cannot do sure uh but they can actually turn Texas into five smaller states. I would love to see that. And actually, I was trying to do the math today on that. When I when I like I followed up on that story, I'm like, oh, really? And that means Republic. Actually, the reason probably they won't do it is because Republicans, again, will lose control of Senate seats. Right. Yeah, because if you kills... break it up into small, I mean, it's the same thing with California, right? The Democrats aren't right. going to break California up into multiple states because Southern California is a bunch of conservative assholes. Like, Northern California is a bunch of conservative assholes. Like, 
You just have San Francisco that outvotes everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's I'm, actually it's yeah yeah like you're. I'm not all, that all, wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're not that wrong there. But I but I think even then the Republicans would lose. Like that, that's it goes back to focus on your state elections. Yeah. Like that. Like state and local. That those should be probably just a little bit more important than national. Hey, I got two out of three of my local elections right when I guessed. Oh, yeah? That's what you do when you go to vote, right? You're guessing who you think is going to win? No. It's like the lottery. It's not the lottery. I think the numbers are going to (laughs) be... So, uh, and I told you, like, uh, beside my wife reminded me to vote, and I already did, um, like... My my little city, it's not technically a city, is super democratic, which blows my mind because I, every now and then I see a lot of, like, uh, Trumpers. Yeah. Uh, which actually fuels my my theory, and I could be wrong. So in, in a couple of years, I, I do believe for the next two national, like, election cycles, we are going to have to deal with Trumpers. Yeah. Until they're they start making not, flags. They're just not going to make it. it. They're just not going to. It's just not possible. Good. Uh, <laughs> so I have a I have a quick Trumper story to add. To, okay. Since we're since we brought it up, I know we're not in politics, but uh, my kid had a birthday party. She got invited to this weekend, and mm-hmm. I took her over there. And the parents were like, "Oh, well, you know, you want to come in? You want to hang out?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Like we got in there a little late, and so she wasn't going to stay there super long. And I was like, yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, we got pizza and ice cream and cake. And I'm like, I can't eat any of that. And the Trump flag. And, yeah, on the back porch, (laughs) they've got multiple Trump flags flying. And it took me a minute, and I saw it, and I just was like, oh, man. They were perfectly nice people. Like, and I know that that's the whole thing, right? Like, just because you fly a Trump flag doesn't mean that you're a bad person. I get that this is a really weird political time that we kind of live in i wish people had a little bit more clarity maybe or whatever it is a little bit more discernment when it came to who they were supporting i'm not saying you should all support joe biden right like but i'm just saying you've kind of hitched your wagons to the antichrist and yeah. uh, he's worse than hitler yeah i mean like i just don't i don't but i don't get it i'm sorry and thank god politics never came up in like the hour and change that we were there and like i don't know helena has a lot of fun playing with their kids and so i'm not like opposed to having play dates and stuff but it's also just kind of like uh man come on i i, I think i just want to like, make a friend <laughs> i i i don't know man i i kind of even the argument i was having and these were like family members yeah. right so it's like look i'm not saying you're wrong like i'm i'm literally not i'm saying like but what's your what's the basis of your argument i'm saying uh, what i'm not saying i'm not saying you're wrong but i'm saying what you are arguing on is wrong is, yeah is false it, no or it's got a lot of gaps sure like you can't it's got so many gaps where I, I can't be, um, I can't sign onto the whole thing. Right. Right. And a lot of the people, uh, what I'm, what I'm starting, like my, my summation of people that vote for Trump is they're voting for the ideas. 
not necessarily the person. Sure. And I, I heard the best. Um, I was watching this thing on. Um, it actually was. It was on. I want to say CNN. Yeah. They were talking to an attorney that is representing um, uh, that Wittenhouse kid. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Actually, the uh, the Michigan uh, militia people. Oh, okay. The ones that kidnapped yeah. the governor. They're, or they were playing on it, yeah. And he actually made a good point. And it's been kind of ringing in my head. He said if you come to Michigan and you look at our landscape and you, and you're and your and your dad could probably relate to this, right? Not in, on their point of view, but right. he could relate to the scenario where they look back in the past and they saw that American dream, mm-hmm. and now it's changing, and they're like, everything's changing with or without them, and you're forgetting me, and it makes that dream that much further. And he actually said, but the people that are on the opposite side of that conversation in Detroit or Lansing or, or you know places like that. They're trying, they're like, that's cool, but we want to be a part of that. Right. That is where the, 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 the friction, like, that's how people get radicalized in this country where like white people, and I'm not demonizing white people, but in people that live in these particular like areas Mm -hmm. where it was, it's now becoming a distant memory. It makes sense. Like, logically, it makes sense. I'm like, oh, that that was something that was attainable that's now moved beyond reach, but you're you're targeting, like, people that don't look like you because you're saying it's their fault without even remembering that, well, if you go to Detroit, you've got a bunch of abandoned buildings. Right. And the people on the other side are saying, yeah, but we want to be, like, part of the things that – and it's that disconnect – that's where the media can do a better job. Sure. Um, I, but part of it, right, is that I think people don't, you know, it's like this glorification of the 20s and 30s, you know, the 1920s and sure. the 1930s. It's like, oh, the flappers yeah. and, the, and all this stuff and prohibition. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, that's great. If you were, if you were not white, it wasn't great. Like, that time probably kind of sucked right like actually that's not true because that was the renaissance of harlem that was the you know that's when you have maybe even more of the 50s and 60s (laughs) right yeah so So, but that that becomes that brings back the crt argument right right? well and that was the whole thing that was that was part of glenn youngkin's like argument was i want the virginia of my childhood you know i want kids to grow up in that and you know like i I understand. I understand exactly what you're saying. Like that yearning for nostalgia, for that simpler time, for you know, kids being able to go out and and play in neighborhoods sure. and not worrying about it. But it's like, dude, that's a that's a box that's been open. Like that cat is out of the bag. You're not gonna get that. But you cannot roll back the time on that. That's not. I don't think but that that's something that you can. You, can, you I think you like you can, but it has to be more inclusive. Right. Not inclusive for right. the sake of inclusiveness, but like understanding that the landscape has changed, like understanding the bumps and bruises and the ugly parts of our country's history. And I, and I think that that's the more intelligent argument that people should be having. And I think people are afraid of that argument. I'm not saying that we should defund the police, but I do believe that cops should, I shouldn't worry about my kids driving. Right. I'm not saying that there's a lot of things I'm not saying, but I'm saying there's like, yeah, 
but with this added to it, right? I do, I do believe that if you, the reason why we have crime is because we suffocate neighborhoods from having opportunity. Right. Give them opportunity, and you're not having the same problem. Right. I watch, I watch this thing about, um, it's called "This Is Life" with, um, I, I don't want to butcher her name, but it's a CNN uh, news special. Uh, Lisa, I know her first name is Lisa. Um, and it was talking about prostitution. All the arguments of why prostitution is not a bad thing made sense to me. All the scary, like fearful things about prostitution made sense to me in the middle of those two things is a solution. Right now I'm not saying like, I'm not pro or anti prostitution, but I'm saying like, yeah, that makes, that actually makes sense to me. How is it possible that pornography is legal, but pr- prostitution is not legal? I mean, the fact that you 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 can get a massage on any other part of your body from somebody, which is no problem. But if they touch a specific part of your body, now it's an right. issue. Like, right. <laughs> so again, not trying to right. say like I'm like I'm not advocating for one way or the other. No, but, but it is like it, right. We're not sitting here saying, "Man, we wish you know prostitution was legal because we'd be right. out there racking up whores." Like, no. The point is, like, but I, you I, can't even call them whores if you're like, well, you're actually no, the I, purveyor of the of I, the service. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, ladies of the night. <laughs> the actual term is sex workers. So. <laughs> And I struggle with that term. I'm like, but okay, it's a job. Right? It is, yeah. But but yeah, like ultimately it's kind of – I mean like to me it boils down to, oh my god, if it is not ultimately impacting and or hurting you, like why do you care? You know, like why is it uh, your responsibility to govern what other people are doing with their bodies uh, it's, or it's, you know? It's very simple. It's super simple to look at the log in somebody else's eye. It's barely an inconvenience. Yeah. And just (laughs) ignore the speck of dust in your own eye. Right. Sure. Where in all, in all, for all intents and purposes should appear to be larger for yourself. We want to, as a society, it's become more prevalent and more like more, more PC to identify what's wrong with somebody else as opposed to with ourselves. We do it as like individuals. We do it as a country all the time. Yeah. And I think that's the, you know, it's deflection, right? I mean, it's, but what about this? Right. What about is, is become like, uh, our, our de facto defense to everything. So I, I look at it that way, you know, there's a lot of things and and I, I do believe that, and and I'm not advocating racist. I'm not advocating like kidnapping governors of any state. I'm saying like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know why you feel compelled to make that argument right now, but <laughs> but I, I will be honest enough to say that I understand, like, I want to take the, the time to understand what would make somebody feel that these actions are okay. Right. And that's as a, the media should do a better job of trying to be impartial. I believe pod, politicians should be like, do a better job of addressing real issues and not fabricating them. Um, and if they're going to even address those issues like CRT, what is it? Right. It, it's no different than John McCain saying, no, ma'am, stop, please. I know Senator Obama and he's not a terrorist. Yeah. It's really like that's the thing that frustrates me is that it took me all of 
five minutes, not even, to do a quick Google search for what is CRT, find it, right. uh, the legal-like definition, you know, and then a couple of articles that talked about what it is and why people are freaking out about it. And that that was enough. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't need to take a course in critical race theory to understand what the general principle of it is. Um, and, yeah, so on the whataboutism, something that came to mind that I wanted to share, and we can kind of wrap it up after that if you want. Um, I I think it was my teacher in... 10th and 11th grade history uh so you weren't seven no i wasn't seven i was okay i was uh how old was i I was 16 17 and it was something we were talking about something and he he brought up jimmy carter and jimmy carter had made some statement at some point about like the the importance of you know family and all of that stuff even though jimmy carter had been divorced at one point in his life you know and somebody basically was like well how you know how can you say that when you you know you yourself are divorced and my teacher i remember saying something to the effect i don't know if this is what jimmy carter said but essentially like just because the messenger is flawed doesn't mean we should ignore the message right and I think that's something that we lose out on a lot these days because we're so quick to judge the messenger and the moment that we deem them unworthy of our time, the message goes along with it. That is super wise and, and not to actually, I'm going to do it because it's true. That's fine. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, I I feel compelled to there. There's actually, uh, um, because my faith is very important to me, yeah. right? So Jesus of Nazareth, um, he actually had to leave like where he grew up at, where people knew him as a carpenter, because you're not going to listen to the guy that you watch grow up and make mistakes and, and, and what have you. So that's very true, right? He, but with that, you can't also like, I, I also I'm starting to believe that people start to like they tune that out because they feel some type of conviction of what they're doing is wrong. Right. Sure. Um, I'm divorced. I talk about family a lot. Yeah. Uh, my family is my top priority. But I also can say, well, some, well, well, you can't say that because you're divorced. I'm like, yeah, because I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> so I can also say that I learned I took notes. Right. Remember your wife's birthday. Remember your wife's, you know, re- remember your anniversary. Those, those things. So, and I, I say that jokingly, but it's true. Like those, we're not designed to be perfect people at any, any, any level of our life. So, and it's something that we can we constantly, um, we go back to. It's not about indicting people. It's about being able to understand the other person. Like it doesn't have to be that complicated. If the one of the deepest human desires is to be understood, let's try to spend some more time understanding people. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but just understand the words that are coming out their mouth. So. Okay, Chris Tucker. 
I know. I was thinking, like, why don't we have a it's, it's, It will be locked and loaded for next week's episode. Trust me. But, you know, Chris Tucker, you know, I don't know what you're doing right now. Last thing I heard, you were hanging out with Dave Chappelle. But anyway, we're super glad you guys joined us today. Um, dude, Chris, you're killing it with getting everything published. Now I'm starting to fall behind. And no, I like – the point is that we we are doing this and we will continue to do it and we're a team when we do it. This was a kick-ass episode. This might be one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded yet. I don't know why. It just felt I felt like it had everything. And so I'm hoping that everybody else gets to enjoy it as much as as I did while we were recording it. Um but I'm I'm going to try to stay on it. This week I might be a little delayed cuz I have to travel out of town uh overnight tomorrow, but I'm going to I'm going to see what I can do to try and get that. I've I've got my routine down and that's the big thing, you know, like Yeah, you're killing me, dog. I'm like, "Yo, this guy's on point." And I'm over here like, "Now I'm slacking." <laughs> what is it? Like you sent me something <laughs> earlier this week and you were like, "Yo, but we got to do this." And I'm like, "Yeah, but at least I'm publishing episodes like a madman." And you're just like, "Dude, I fucking what?" <laughs> We weren't even talking about that. Why you gotta like bring that up now? Like I, I got all distracted. I'm like, oh, he's right there. That's why. I didn't, that's why I didn't respond. I was like, oh, he got me. Whatever. No, like, don't let me off the hook like that. Like, okay, I, so, I, I mean, can't do one thing right and be like, so I get to drop the ball on everything else. Like, that's not how that works. You of I, all I people. <laughs> I know, but I, I was so shocked by you. I was like, all right, he got me on that one. So oh, that's like, hilarious. I know what I'll works with Andre now. <laughs> no, it won't work again. I mean, cats out of the bag. But you can always catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, uh, Google Podcasts, TuneIn. And uh, also, if you go to our website, chrisandandreshow.com, we have a link for our RSS feed. Put it into your favorite RSS uh, reader. I personally use Plex, and I can't say enough about Plex. Uh, I might, I'm probably going to write an article about Plex in the future. You should. Your last uh, tech article did really well. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I can't remember the guy's name that wrote it. Yes. So, thank you. Gosh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody commented yeah. on Andre's DNS article and I think they've been going back and forth working on some stuff via email. Um, yeah. but yeah, that article all of a sudden took off. We should probably talk about that next week, uh, on the podcast. We should yeah. give a segment to that, to what you discussed in that article. Um, cause obviously there's a, there's enough interest out there amongst the tech community that that's probably decent content. So, and if you guys didn't know, I'm actually a software developer, So, um, but I have opinions, and um, I'm not your typical uh, software developer, and I like to write code because it's dope. It's like the ultimate puzzle for me every time I get to like you know bash out some code, um, and I, th I actually enjoy finding solutions to problems. So, yeah, so I, you know, I probably lean towards writing more technical things, like, because that's typically where I have a problem and the secret to that is like I'm like I don't want to forget it because I'm getting old <laughs> but uh the video vi version is always going to be available on YouTube and we really do appreciate comments uh and I, and I won't say haters but people they don't like stuff they don't like it but these are our opinions and these are you know 
I, I'm not going to lose sleep because you don't like something. So, you know, get at us. I uh, might, but he won't. So don't worry about it. Yeah, because I don't care. Like, you know, we're I'm always going to, like, say what I think. And I've spent enough time in my life trying to uh, sugarcoat things to make other people feel comfortable. <laughs> and I really don't care. Every so, time we get a negative comment on our video or our downvote, I'm just like, no, God, please, no. <laughs> Sorry, Andre. <Gosh. laughs> I wasn't I know, trying right? to make you do a spit take. <laughs> I know, right? If you're looking for more content, visit our website at chrisandreshow.com. That's where, you know, like, I'm going to actually get in the, in the practice of writing more like stuff. Again, it will be technical. Uh, developers aren't nerds. Well, I am a nerd. Yes, but, they are. Don't pretend. But I thug out, though, and I'm not going to front. Uh, you, can, you can follow us on Facebook at Chris and Andre, uh, on Twitter at Chris and Andre, and always email us at uh, comments at chrisandreshow.com. I'm Andre at chrisandreshow.com. I'm Chris at chrisandreshow.com. Got to leave that pause in there because, for whatever reason, I always seem to catch up to you at the very end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're super glad you joined us. And also, before we leave, I want to say uh, Riverside.fm. If you're looking to, um, this is not an advertisement, but I will say that for the most part, we've, we've been pretty pleased. And as we have issues, their tech support is super responsive. It's it's well worth whatever we pay. Um, Anybody I, that has tuned in the last couple of weeks, maybe three episodes, has known or noticed that we've been having issues with the media board. Um, we reported it to, it's, this thing is in beta mode. So like, this is still, they're still working on it, but right. they got back to us, uh, said that they would alert the development team this week. No problems whatsoever. So Riverside, thank you very much. I'll give you a flawless victory on that <laughs> for fixing our, our, the one issue that we've really had primarily other than Andre's technical issues last week, which he has resolved himself, fortunately. Yeah. So. Cause I got skills, little dog. Mad skills. Um, <laughs> so we're super glad you joined us. As always, I'm Andre, and I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you next time. You're such an idiot, right? Oh, that's right. I'm the idiot. <laughs> that's what we're gonna have to rename the podcast. Andre and the idiot. <laughs> <laughs>